Hi moms, if you're looking to sell your engagement jewelry, Worthy is the perfect option. With over 45,000 satisfied customers, Worthy is the most trusted name in the business. Would I bring you anything less? Worthy offers competitive auctions and gets you the best deal possible on your jewelry. Plus, I've connected with Worthy on a special bonus offer for the Moms Moving On community. A $100 Amazon gift card when your jewelry sells for over $1,500. Ready to move on from that engagement ring? Get started today at worthy.com slash moms. That's worthy.com slash moms for the special bonus offer. This week on Moms Moving On. I had a girlfriend who told me, you know, the man in your life is the great purse and the great shoes. He's not the whole outfit. Mm, I love that. Oh my God. I'm writing that one down. That's so good. And so I think I had gotten to that point where I realized I didn't need a man to complete me. I wanted a man who could help make me better and to to lift me up. Life moves on. So why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Welcome back to another episode of Moms Moving On. I'm so excited you're here and you get to meet my friend, Macy Chance. She is a realtor, a certified divorce specialist, and she's a real estate collaboration specialist helping with divorces. She has an amazing story and I'm so excited for you to hear it. She has a passion for helping women and you know how I feel about anybody who's turned their pain into passion. Macy, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Me too. Me too. I love an uplifting story. And I love, (laughs) you know, when somebody has found a calling because of what they've been through, I say it all the time. It is my personal belief that a woman who has figured out how to get herself through a hard time, her job in life is to give that to somebody else. So I know you're doing that and um, and I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to hear it. Please introduce yourself to our audience. Well, thank you so much for having me. And I feel the same. And I've been listening to your podcast for a while now. And it's just always so inspiring to hear the stories of women who've been through tough stuff um, and willing to share it because I do think that, you know, that's what keeps me speaking out about about my journey is that I do think that there are people that can benefit from from hearing it. So, um, so yeah, like you said, I'm a realtor. I live in the Denver metro area. Um, certified divorce specialist. I turned my pain into my passion and, you know, went through a divorce about nine years ago and uh, really, you know, used that opportunity to become a better version of myself. And it has been an amazing journey, you know, and difficult and and hard at times, but but there's been a lot of light on the other side and um, working with women who are going through divorce, helping them sell, sell their home, taking them out, looking at homes to buy where they're going to start their next chapter and just watching people light up and and really understand that this this really is an opportunity for them to be a better person, a better them. And that's the journey that I've chose. And I love working with with women who are on that same path. And I imagine like, like myself, you are meeting women at an emotional time, whether they were, you know, forced to sell the marital home in the divorce process, or 
fought to keep it and then realized, oh my God, this is too much house for me, which I think happens a lot of times. You are also meeting them at a time that is hard. I mean, change that is forced upon you is difficult. And even though like we've come through it and we know there's so much good on the other side, it can be, it can be hard to hold a woman's hand through that. So how lucky they are to have you because you've done that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it, it feels like I'm really able to give back. That sounds kind of trite and silly, but it, when you're, when I'm standing there and I'm looking at somebody, like I had this example of a woman, I took her on in showings and we were talking about, you know, her budget and what she felt like she can afford. And all of a sudden she just woke up and realized, oh my gosh, I get to have control of my finances. I don't have to worry about somebody else spending money when I don't want him to spend money. Like it's all mine. And I just watched her light up. I just saw her the other day. I'm like, I tell people this story all the time. She's like, oh my gosh, I love that. It's just so fun watching women who are in, like it is It is one of the hardest things that you go through. And to watch people really come to life is, is exciting. And because, you know, I've been through that journey, I I can relate and understand it's a both. And it's really freaking hard and it's amazing at the same time. That both. And is such a part of my life right now. I'm in um, school getting, uh, working towards my PhD in marriage and family therapy. And the both. And is like the whole like foundation of, you know, post modern therapy theories and all of that, but it's so true. Like two things can be true. This can be hard. This can be something you never wanted or expected, but it can also be the next best part of your life. Exactly. Exactly. We have that choice. We can make that choice. You know, sometimes it's hard. Some days are harder than others. (laughs) So take us down like Macy Lane. Like what is the story? Okay. So I'll, I'll just briefly just touch on, Um, so as a kid, I was seeking love and connection, love and connection. Where can I find that? Where can I find that? And I just have like, I had and still do the biggest heart and I just love people. And, you know, I always wanted to just have fun and find joy. And at 21 years old, I met my ex-husband and he swept me off my feet and slowly over time, you know, I allowed his priorities to really take over mine. And then I had kids and then their priorities took over mine. And, you know, 16 years into a marriage, I was, I was told that, you know, he wanted a divorce and I was devastated for about a week. Um, I had probably a week. Yeah. Well, I mean, it wasn't quite that simple, but it was, you know, he told me when we were on a family vacation that he wanted a divorce Um, The kids and I left because he was there for a work trip. He came home from the trip. In the midst of that, I went and talked to a very good friend of mine and I was telling her what was going on. And she said, Macy, you deserve better. And I was like, I do. And then all of a sudden it clicked. Yep, I do. And so he came home from that trip and and I went from, please don't leave me to, okay, let's figure this out. Okay. Bye-bye. Yeah, exactly. And I was, I knew in that moment, I was ready to just take back all the power that I had given away and, and really like become a better version of myself. And there were ups and downs on that journey. You know, we got divorced in 2014. I started dating right away and it was like a disastrous, you know, thing because I hadn't done any work on myself. And so I went on this personal development journey and really 
understood how did I contribute to where I was today, you know? I love this. I This is speaking to me because um, no matter whether the whole divorce was because of the act of one person or, you know, just because two people realized their relationship wasn't good anymore, it's it takes two, right? And so yep. even if you didn't do the bad thing or you didn't have the affair or you didn't, I don't know, gamble away all the family money, right? you are still a part of a, dy- a dynamic where something not good was happening. And doing that work on yourself makes you realize that like, we we contribute even when we don't. We contribute the yep. negative and the positive. Exactly. And I had to learn what's that line? You know, what, there was a lot of blame that was put on me. And so I had to learn what was mine to carry and what wasn't. And that's a tough journey when you've been, I mean, I was with my ex-husband for 20 years. And so that's a long time to be in that scenario. And it takes a long time to kind of reorganize the way your brain works (laughs) and, and, and your thinking and learning to trust myself again. So um, I went on that journey. Like I said, I started dating right away and was like, okay, I can't do this. And and not not long after that, my ex-husband decided to move out of state. And so I had kind of a, a, a morning all over again, because here I was a single mom with two kids and I didn't have the every other weekend off or the 5225 or whatever. I mean, I was with my kids 24 seven. How old so- were your kids at the time? Uh, when he moved away, they were in eighth grade and fifth grade. Okay. So, so young. I mean, my older daughter was kind of in her middle school world and, and doing her thing, but my younger daughter really struggled. She has some mental health issues. And so, you know, my two kids became my primary focus. It was necessary at the time. I mean, even though I was on this journey to learn to put my priorities above, you know, above other people's, you know, I still had my, I still had my kids that I needed to help guide through this really difficult time for them because the divorce was hard on them. And then their dad moving was probably 18 million times harder for them. Mm, How, so this, this is not uncommon that we hear about this. A lot of times, you know, I'll have clients where the, father or the other person fights for 50 50 and then they get what they want. And then they're like, "Mm, I met someone I'm moving. And it's like, all of that was for naught. This hits close to home for me because when I was in middle school, I became estranged from my father. And so, you know, my whole life's work is trying to figure out how do we, how do we help repair the relationship between fathers and daughters, despite, you know, if a parent makes a poor choice or a hurtful choice, how do we do that? So what has it been like for you as their mom, you know, consciously parenting them through this painful thing? Well, I wish that I was a little more conscious in the parenting. I mean, I was so stuck in hurt and that's why, I mean, not to sound contrite, but like, I love the work that you're doing and why I do what I do is I want to be who I needed at the time. And I'm sure you Mm, do the same. same. And I didn't have somebody in my life going, you may see you need to get over your hurt and pain so that you can really show up the best way for your kids. Now I, I will say I did the best that I absolutely could. Um, and I continued my self-development journey. And so, uh, you know, I did the best I could to, to, to show up for my kids who were really hurting and really helping them understand that this didn't have anything to do with them, that this isn't their fault. You know, their dad made a choice that had nothing to do with them, but it's tough, you know, they, so they've had a rough time and I've had to learn 
that I can't protect my kids from the actions of their father. They have to go on that journey on their own. Mm. And that's, you know, that's really painful and hard to watch. And, and I'm the safe person for them. Right. Of course. Yeah. So, so, so that's, that was definitely a challenge. And and what I realized, um, so for about five years, it was just all about, you know, my personal growth, helping my kids to make sure they were thriving as best they can, rebuilding my career, all of that. And so um, when my daughter turned 16, my oldest daughter turned 16, I felt like I had this whole new life again because I wasn't a chauffeur on top of all those other things. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, I think I can start dating again. I felt like I had gotten to the point where my I felt healed enough to go into a relationship knowing that it's not perfect once you get into a relationship, that there's another level of healing that has to happen. Uh, so at the end of 2018, I decided to um, start dating again. And I made a goal for myself. This is so silly, but I uh, told my friends, I'm going to go on 12 dates the first quarter of 2019. Because <laughs> once you, when you do the dating thing, as you probably know, like it's so exhausting and you want to just like after two dates, you want to be like, forget it. I don't want to do this anymore. So I forced myself to stay in the dating world for 12 weeks. So that was kind of my, my goal. And um, then I met my now husband on my third date um, wow. of, that, <laughs> of that journey. And he filled up the rest of them. Well, I'm glad to hear it. You know, at least putting yourself yeah. out there, you had the intention of kind of seeing what the universe could bring. Where was your mindset at, at that point when you committed to, you know, putting yourself out there again? How did you feel different yeah. than from when you knew you were just not ready? Because I think that's a big question for a lot of people is how do I know if I'm ready? Yeah, I think it was. So I had gone on a vacation with my girlfriends and we're, you know, right in the end of 2018, we're sitting there chatting and, you know, I knew that I wanted a partner and I had something came over me and I felt like I wanted a partner, but I didn't need a partner. I knew that, you know, we're relational and we want to be in relationship and we want to be with other people. But I felt like I had gotten to the point where it was not, I had a girlfriend who told, told me, you know, the man in your life is the great purse and the great shoes. He's not the whole outfit. Mm, I <laughs> so, love that. Oh my God. I'm writing that one down. That's so good. <laughs> And so I think I had gotten to that point where I realized I didn't need a man to complete me. I wanted a man who could help make me better and to to lift me up. That's really special because I, I got to go back to something you said at the beginning, like you, you were looking for love and connection and, yes. you know, I don't yes. know much about your childhood, but I know that I was very much the same way and it led me mm -hmm. towards some pretty bad situations just so I could feel connected to somebody. And so having that sense of knowing that like you didn't need the person to complete you, that it could just be a bonus, a great accessory. Yes. I, yes. That's that's so freeing in itself, isn't it? <laughs> it like totally I want is. you, I don't need you, baby. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And I'll circle back to that in just a second, because it's also a part of my, my journey, that realization. But 
So when I decided to 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 you know do the thir- the twelve dates in in the first quarter, I knew that I was ready to be discerning about who that I was meeting and who who was going to get my love and connection. That was that was a huge part of the journey because yes, as a kid, it was just all about how do I get that and no discernment whatsoever. And so I felt like I was at the place where I could be discerning and I had my tribe around me, girlfriends that are like, just call me, tell me, you know, tell me who it is. And, and you know, we'll walk through this together. I just felt like I kind of needed that support. And had, yeah. I had also made, I also had made a fulfillment list. I had done some work with a dating coach. And so knowing how Twitter pated that I would get when I would meet somebody, I needed something concrete to look at. <laughs> oh, I love that. Say, tell us about that. Yeah. So, um, like I said, I worked with a dating coach and she had me write down a fulfillment list, which really was anything and everything about a partner that were, that, that I wanted, you know, kind of wave the magic wand and, you know, from everything from religious beliefs to their career, to their kids, you know, what they like to do for fun, all of that. And it was written down on paper, what I wanted. And and what she said to me was they should meet at least 80% of that anything below that 80%, then you're getting into making sacrifices mode. And so that was super helpful for me. And so when I met my now husband, he met everything but two things on my list. 80% (laughs) pretty much, pretty much. He doesn't ski, which I'm a skier. And he's a 49ers fan and I'm a Broncos fan. So that was pretty much, but he loves sports and we have that in common. So I don't know, Macy, that skiing thing would have been really big for me because I, my husband will tell you on our first date, like he was really into me and really had like high hopes for it. And then once I said, oh yeah, I grew up skiing. He was like, where do I sign? I'm done. Uh, that was, <laughs> can we get your husband some lessons? Have we tried? Yeah, he's not really into it. And and because of his health condition now, he's not really feeling like he wants to, to do that, which I'll share that in a second. But he is a great opera ski person. He has great. all the drinks ready when we come back. Also important. <laughs> he's, he's exactly, he's happy to support that. And he loves supporting me and doing that. So Okay, well, um, so it works counts. out fine. It Support me in my obsession. That's enough. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so what's going on with him? So, um, so we started dating. I mean, he absolutely is the love of my life. We met each other emotionally on so many levels. We had a lot of similarities in our prior relationships. We had a lot of issues with boundaries, <laughs> um, that we lovingly hold each other accountable for. I mean, he, you know, he's just such an amazing man. And so I met him, you know, at the end of uh, January of 2019. And in the middle of February, we were like, lock it in. This is this worst. We're, we're in this. Like he said, I don't want to, you know, I have other dates lined up. I don't want to go on them. I want to see where things go with us. And so immediately we just had this amazing connection and a really beautiful, beautiful start to our relationship. Lots of open communication you know, he, I would say to him, Hey, you know, are you interested in learning more about, cause I love personality tests and Enneagram and all that stuff. And he's like, sure. Yeah, no problem. And so he's been so open to the personal development journey, um, as well. And so that's been super fun. And, and so that. about, yeah, so, um, it, yeah, and we were just, he's my person. I just absolutely fell in love with him and and he fell in love with me and, we just had this beautiful romance and this beautiful relationship. And 
about three and a half years into our relationship, uh, he went in for a routine doctor's appointment. This was in 2021. Um, you know, everybody missed their 2020 visits, you know, because of COVID. And so he's like, yeah, I probably should get in for my well visit. And he got a call that afternoon from his uh, primary care it said, hey, you know, so we've got some labs that aren't looking so good we, or, or that are looking off. We'd like you to come back in so we can retest you. So he went back in. She called him back the next or, you know, later that day and said, look, you've got some high protein levels in your blood. We're either looking at, you know, a kidney infection, some type of autoimmune, or there's this cancer called multiple myeloma. We don't really know what we're, what it is yet, but we want to rule out the worst thing first. And so we set up an appointment with an oncologist. This was this call came on, uh, you know, a Friday. The appointment with the oncologist or calling the oncologist was Monday morning. So we hadn't even made the appointment yet. So we had this really beautiful weekend of sitting with what was what could possibly be happening and Dr. Google is the worst thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I look up Dr. Google, I look up multiple myeloma, and I see three to five year life expectancy. Oh, He's see. much better about saying staying grounded, but he did get on there and said, you know, I basically have every symptom of, of this type of cancer, which neither of us had ever heard of, obviously. And so we sat there and he started to go, but I'm going to be fine, but I'm going to be fine. And I was like, no, I, I can't. I'm not there yet. And I, I would like for us to make an agreement that whatever happens, we're not going to bright side this. We're going to sit with what's going on. We're going to feel our feelings. He's like, nope, you're right. I get it. And so both of us had moments of crying and, you know, tears. And then, you know, that was the weekend where, so we had talked about getting married, but we thought, you know what, let's wait. We have five kids between us you know, a couple of them were still in high school, you know, let's wait till they're out of school. And in that moment, we said, we're, we want to get married. Let's not wait. Mm. Let's, we want to celebrate today. So celebrate today, which is written behind me became our theme. And so he had his kind of process that weekend. I had mine. um, And part of my process was really to, I mean, I had to grieve the fact that, you know, I'd waited years to meet the love of my life. And he was the love of my life. And he's the person that I want to spend the rest of my life with. And that in that time frame, I thought I may only have him for three more years. And what does that mean about me as, as this person who's like, Oh, I don't need a man. I just need the man to complete me or to accessorize me. I don't need him to complete me. So I actually did a lot of writing that weekend. And that was really how I processed. And it was, I wrote a blog um, about being an independent woman. And what does that actually mean? Because I needed to reground myself in the fact that I may not have him for the, for the rest of my life. I, you know, I may only have him for another couple of years. And, and as I was writing in that moment, I realized every moment I spend thinking about him not being with me, I'm missing the moment that he's sitting right in front of me. Oh my God, that is so true. None of us, we don't live forever, but we don't think about dying. We don't think about what is it like to live, you know, to live without somebody. 
And because it's too painful, it's too hard to think about, but I had to allow myself to think that so that I could get through that to get to the point to realize that the only thing I have, the only thing we have is what's right here in this moment. And it was really such a beautiful time for us because nobody else knew what was going on. I mean, we weren't even really sure, although we were kind of like, yeah, I think this is what's happening. And so for us to have that opportunity together to really seal our um, commitment to each other, to seal our our commitment to how we wanted to face this journey, um, it was really such a precious and, and beautiful weekend. So Monday morning rolls around. Long story short, he's admitted to the hospital because he's in a tremendous amount of back pain. Multiple myeloma is is a is a bone marrow cancer, which which impacts um, impacts your bones because obviously that's where your bone marrow is created. Um, and As I know you know, you know I have a close personal story. connection to this, and yeah. yes, and and it's funny, not funny, but ironic that the Google and the you know. For my dad, it was put, my stepdad, it was kind of people just brushing off the symptoms because of where his were. Um, You know, he thought he had heartburn. He thought he had heart disease. He thought he was eating the wrong things. And all along it was concentrated in his sternum. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And my husband had a tremendous amount of back pain for months leading up to that. And he's like, oh, I must be getting old. And when he went in for that primary care visit, it's like, oh yeah, I feel like a 90 year old man, my back hurts and whatever. And you know, our, the nurse practitioner, we now know knew that this was what it was, but she didn't want to worry us um, until we spoke with an oncologist. So, so we did, we spoke with him and he said, you know, we're going to get him feeling better. And the beautiful thing is the stats on Dr. Google are not up to date. It is a very, very treatable cancer. It's not curable yet. Um, but we now are part of a community. We coach other newly diagnosed patients because it is so overwhelming and they are talking about a cure now. So he is in he went through, you know, four rounds of chemo. He had a stem cell transplant, which is that's, that's the saving grace, that stem cell transplant for sure. Yes. It's amazing. Um, and, but it's, it's a harrowing, you know, several Mm -hmm. months because, you know, they kill off all your blood cells, you get your stem cells back. And anyway, it was really, um, you know, I became a caregiver. I had to step into this role of being a caregiver and he had to be a patient and accept help, which is not easy for him. So it was just, it was just this other opportunity for us to really grow our relationship. And, and now he is in, in fact, a week before our wedding. So we got married on October 1st of 2022. One week before our wedding, we heard from our doctor that he had reached complete, they call it complete response, otherwise known as complete remission. And so we were able to announce that to all of our wedding guests. (laughs) You're making me cry. That's so beautiful. Yeah, it was, it's pretty amazing. Um, I would not wish this on anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really challenging. We have monthly doctor visits. He's a pincushion, you know, he's constantly getting blood work and lab work and he has to have bone bone marrow biopsies, which is, you know, really, really difficult. And he has the most amazing attitude and I wouldn't wish this on anybody and the most incredible things have happened. I've really solidified who I am in this world. 
you know, and really standing in who I am because this whole gift of this presence and, and celebrating today and, and knowing that this is, this is all we have. So who am I not to, to stand up and talk about my story and who am I, you know, it's the Marianne Williamson, like, who are you not to be, you know, to show up in this beautiful light that we all are. And which is very relevant to the divorce journey. They're calling it the Bible for all divorcing moms. I can't believe it, but that's what they've said about my book, Moms Moving On, Real Life Advice on Conquering Divorce, Co-Parenting Through Conflict, and Becoming Your Best Self. Moms Moving On is filled with practical, actionable, and empowering advice from someone who's been through it and come out on the other side, me. Through inspirational stories, rituals, journal prompts, and my guidance, you'll learn how to navigate your divorce with confidence, adjust to life as a single mom, shift your perspective to find your way back to your best self, and create the life you truly deserve. It's available in paperback, hardcover, audiobook, and Kindle. So go get my book. I promise you won't regret it. So I want to point something out. You know, we talk about this whole, we don't need anybody to complete us. But if we're going to go to the both and, you cannot need anybody to complete you and also find that you have found your perfect person to complete your journey and your story. Like this is obviously, you were both meant to be together. And I have no doubt that his positive attitude and his ability to go through this with such fortitude has a lot to do with your influence, right? So you have completed something for him, just like he has completed Mm -hmm. something for you. And so to anybody who is sitting there thinking, but I want a person to complete me, you cannot need it and also want it and find comfort in both. It is such a both end. And I think that is so beautiful, Macy. Like I said, at the beginning of this podcast, when you have made it through something that seems so daunting to somebody else, and then you reach out a hand to help somebody through, I just believe like you are doing God's work. That's what it's all about. Yeah. And, you know, when I wrote, when I wrote that weekend, I wrote about, like I said, being a strong, independent woman. And, and for me, being a strong, independent woman means it's okay to, to need somebody in your life. It's okay to need the help. It's okay to ask for help and building up those walls is actually, you know, that's, that's weakness. You know, it takes courage to ask for help. It takes courage to allow a partner into your life that, that can help you become the best version of yourself. And thank you. I I believe that he and I are a great team and I think we both do that for each other. And, um, you know, I, I feel incredibly grateful. I mean, I feel grateful to have him in my life I feel really, really grateful for science and the I medical too, advances. actually for you because multiple yeah. the world of multiple myeloma, which I, I lost my stepdad in 2007. He was very stubborn and refused a stem cell transplant when he was still able to get one. So that was the big yeah. part of the problem there. But I still follow, you know, I'm part of the National Lymphoma Society and all of that. Yeah. Um, I, I, I see how far this disease has come in terms of treatments and, and it's, you know, it, it makes me very hopeful. So I'm, I'm happy for you guys. Yeah. Thank you. And I want to point another thing out your girls watching you in this role. Like I, 
watching my mom, I was, I was in my early twenties at the time that my stepdad got sick, but I still lived at home and all of that. And watching my mom kind of take on this superhuman ability to still go to work and like run the house and care for him and help make medical decisions. And like, wow, like to me, my whole perspective on what a woman's role is in this world changed completely. And I think that the example you're giving to your daughters, even though it might be painful at times and scary, like these two girls are, (laughs) they're going to rock it in the future because wow, like what an example you're setting. Well, thank you. Yeah, they're 21 and 18 now. And I think, you know, they may have a few more years before they truly appreciate all that is. That I didn't I appreciate them, it at the time know. either. I had a lot yeah. of, probably like your daughters, like a lot of, you know, our dad's gone. And now we have this guy and we love him. And now he's not well. I had a lot of anger, yeah. but in, yeah. you do grow out of those feelings and yes. and find the gratitude and learn so much. So I get it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Macy, you're phenomenal. What else is there to say? I don't even know. What advice would you give to somebody? You know, I, the thing for you, like, you know, you found your happily ever after and now there's, you know, what can look like or seem like a black cloud over it. What advice would you give to somebody else in your same position? I think that the advice that I give is really about, uh, like I said before, understanding that you have a choice in this moment. You know, I can think about my husband dying. I can think about being a, you know, a single woman again, and I, I can focus on that, or I can choose to, to be present and to celebrate him and to celebrate all the accomplishments that I've made in my life. And, and I think that that is the best advice I can give to people is first of all, to recognize that we do have a choice. You know, we, we can, we can consciously choose how we want to move forward in our lives and making the choice to be present, to be grateful, to, to understand that our journey has brought us to this moment for a reason. That's probably the best advice that I can give. And really it's about celebrating today. I mean, this is what we have. And so finding something in every day to celebrate. And again, the both and some days are harder than others. You know, some days I do think about, you know, moments I do think about him not being with me, but I circle back and I go, wait a second, he's here now. I'm here now. I'm making a difference. And I think that's, that's the best advice I can give. I love it. We're here now. Let's, let's make the best of it. Amen. So much. There's it's such a heavy and profound statement right now for so many reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I love that we had this conversation and I love that you are so open and willing to share it with the world. We obviously wish the best for both of you and hope, you know, one of these days it can all be behind you and and you yeah. can you can go to sleep at night knowing that all of your hard work was worth it. How can people get in touch with you if, if they want to get to know more about you or want to work with you? Yeah, thank you. So I'm Macy Chance Realtor on Instagram, Facebook, M-A-C-I-C-H-A-N-C-E. I'm on LinkedIn and uh, MacyChance.com is my website. Amazing. MacyChance.com. We will link it all. And I will also, um, I'd like to link a to the National Lymphoma Society. Um, Absolutely. So if you want to learn more about multiple myeloma, um, there's, it's a very interesting, it's fascinating to, to learn like where this kind of originated and 
why it's become more and more prevalent. So do your research, consider a donation for Tad, maybe. I don't know, not for Tad, but in his honor. (laughs) Um, And we will see you next time on Moms Moving On. Thanks for being here. So you want to be a divorce coach, but the term divorce coach is a broad one because there is just so much you can cover in the world of moving on. Maybe you find yourself gravitating towards clients with high conflict co-parents, or perhaps you have a knack for helping women pull themselves out of bed when they feel overwhelmed with single mom responsibilities. No matter your ideal client, the one thread that will unite them all is that they're moms and moms need a different level of support when it comes to divorce coaching. With my moving on method, you'll not only learn how to best support a client through their divorce, you'll also learn how to help support them as they transition into their new role as co-parents and managing a coaching business. I'm Michelle Dempsey-Maltak, certified divorce and co-parenting specialist, and I founded the moving on method after years of working with clients from all over the world and seeing them all struggle with the same issues. In this training, you'll learn my five principles for helping a client with their moving on process, along with how to make your practice successful. Visit momsmovingon.com today to apply for my program. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.